Summer driving is here, and so are the red-hot deals on the best tire brands at Dobbs. Money saver June deals on new sets of Goodyear, Cooper, Continental, Michelin, and Pirelli tires. Click on GoToDobbs.com to find your next set of tires today. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kiley. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. We'll get to ask us anything coming up in about 15 minutes. Bill Ripken, the former MLB second baseman, now MLB network analyst, is going to join us at the top of the hour. I want to ask him what he is seeing that's different this year from Paul Goldschmidt as he just went through arguably the hottest month of any Cardinal ever, and that is not hyperbole. We'll do all that coming up, but right now, we're going out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line one final time for this NHL season to talk to our friend, the former NHL goalie, now analyst for the Daily Faceoff. He is Mike McKenna joining us here on the show. Mike, we appreciate the time as always, my man. How you doing this morning? Oh, hanging in, you know, hockey in the morning, got a big pork shoulder on the grill, doing some writing, and then later today I'll be talking out there to Sirius XM. So, you know, man, it's just, uh, it's fun this time of year because like what I really enjoy is you can really bunker in on the games that are taking place, you know, with, um, you know, last night's game between Colorado and Edmonton and, and the night before you only have one to worry about at a time. Right. So, um, it's fun to be able to analyze, but it does feel kind of bittersweet around our city. Doesn't it, you know, with the blues out and, um, the interest level tends to wane a little bit from some of my friends here that aren't as involved in the hockey world. And, um, so that's a little disappointing, but that's reality. And, uh, and now we get to look forward to next year for St. Louis and see what they can do in the offseason. And we want to talk a lot about that with you, but I did want to ask you about the game that we saw last night and what we've seen so far in the Western Conference Finals. Mike, have we learned anything about the Blues? I know this might sound like an odd question, but have we learned anything about the Blues after seeing what the Avs have done thus far against Edmonton? Well, I, I think what we're seeing is that Colorado is a really good team. And there's not much shame in losing to a team that's built as strong as they are. Um, you know, we think, we talked about how St. Louis all season long was such a great rush team, great power play. And, you know, the power play came through against Colorado. Um, and occasionally the rush was able to break for St. Louis. But I see an awful lot going on in that series between Edmonton and Colorado that we saw with the Blues in the, in the round before. Edmonton hasn't been able to get the rush game going at all. And Colorado is defending hard and they're using their speed to do it. And I think that that was a really an overarching theme against St. Louis as well. Like it looks like a very similar series so far. I keep waiting for Edmonton to break out. I mean, they're, they're down two games, but I still think they're going to be able to at least win a couple in the series, maybe take it to seven if they get rolling. But um, it's been very similar. It just, to me guys, it just shows how hard it is to win at the national hockey league level, especially against a team like Colorado that, 
I mean, for all extents and purposes, they don't have a weakness. I mean, they, they chucked in their number two goalie and he had a shutout last night and probably should have allowed four or five by the by the metrics. So pretty impressive stuff by the Avalanche. It absolutely is, Mike. And I can't help but think when I'm watching that series that what took place in the second round was the Western Conference final between the Blues and the and the Avalanche. And with that being said, you know, Doug Armstrong talked about going into the offseason how he doesn't see a lot of major tweaks needed to this team. If you're looking at this Blues roster and looking what Colorado is doing right now, what do you think needs to take place in the offseason to put the Blues on that level next year? Yeah, that's the hard question because, man, Colorado's so deep. And I, and I think we need to be really realistic about this, that they've got some really friendly contracts on the books, and that helps them against the salary cap. Uh, you look at the McDay, or I'm sorry, you look at McKinnon, what he's making, and even Landeskog and uh, Ranton and Kadri, like those are all really team friendly deals. And, and that's not to say that St. Louis has any breakers in their cap situation. Like I think that the blues have done a really good job of managing the salary cap and bringing in value contracts um, that, that make a lot of sense, you know, and even next year, I think it's there, but I, I really think that right now, I think the blues are going to have to look at where they are in terms of probably the defense more than anything else. They're going to have to look at, goaltending and figure out what happens there. Can they bring back Billy Huso to go with Jordan Bennington? Um, I'd love to have both of them. I would love that. I just don't know if it's going to be feasible because somebody's going to dangle a deal in front of Huso that might be really enticing to him. But um, I, I think you just look at the mobility of Colorado on their defense and it's elite. Taves, McCarr, Gerard when he was there and, and the other players. And that's not that the Blues don't have that, but as soon as injuries hit the Blues, on the back end, the, the offense wasn't there in the same way. And I think that's something that the Blues will have to look at. It's a, it's an older defensive core at this point. So is Perunovic ready to make that next step? Is Mikola going to play the same amount next year? Do they roll back having four or five defensemen in their 30s? That's what, to me, I think is going to be critical in the offseason uh, for Doug Armstrong is to decide what direction he wants to go with that defensive core. Mike McKenna is our guest here on 101 ESPN. Mike, that's what we're going to get to coming up in the 12 o'clock hour as well, is kind of looking at some of those left-handed defensemen who could make some sense for the Blues. Nick Letty was really solid for them, and I I think if he returned, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But if you were looking around at the market this offseason, whether it be via trade or just the guys that are hitting free agency as well, are there any names or maybe even that it's just a specific style of player that you would be looking to acquire to potentially help out there at that top pairing? Well, I think what you really have to look at is, is age and value of a contract. And when you think about the players that might potentially be available, you're thinking, okay, well, if we get a free agent like Letty, who I thought he was awesome, man, I thought he did a great job for the blues, especially, you know, battling through a bit of injury as well. Um, I still think you need to wonder though, like this is somebody who's going to be 31, 32 years old. Like, is this who we really want um, to carry the mail for another couple of years? So what I'm getting at here is that I really think if you're helping your defensive core, you either have to make a big trade or you have to develop from within. And that's, that's the key crux of the NHL. A lot of it. Cause you don't get many free agents at 29, 30, 31 years old that you want to hang on to for very long. Uh, your window, you know, you think is usually in that range. So I don't see the Blues going after a Klingberg. I don't see them going after a Josh Manson. Uh, maybe somebody like an Olimata out there. You know, and that's a really steady player to me who's got who's won Stanley Cups. Maybe Mata fits the bill and another left-handed defenseman, like you say. Um, 
I, I think that those can all make sense. You know, even a Will, Will Butcher, another left-handed defenseman, is pretty steady. Um, but I, I think that if you're looking to take a big swing at a Sherratt or somebody who was uh, going to bring down a big marketplace over the summer, that might be tough to do. So we'll see what happens. I think there's some names out there, but I think really it's going to come from within. The other aspect that I think is going to be fascinating this offseason, Mike, for the Blues, is what they're going to do with the fourth line. Craig Berube talked about it in their exit interviews uh, with the media, talking about how the fourth line did not have an identity all season. I think they went through something like 13 different players trying to figure out what a fourth line looked like. What do you think an identity needs to be for the Blues in that fourth line next season? Because you know Torpchenko is going to be a part of that. But do you think it needs to be an offensive mindset or back to that physical brand of hockey mindset? I, I think you need the perfect balance. And at this day and age, like you can't just have a grind line. You know, look at Colorado right now with Cogliano and Helm and whoever they decide to put with those two on their fourth line. They can play, man, but they can crash and bang as well. And I think that there's a fine line with that mix, even Tampa Bay. You know, we've seen, you know, Pat Maroon is somebody who can. It's funny because everybody from St. Louis here, like, we know Pat Maroon and how skilled he is. Like, we've seen the, the hands on this guy and his ability to fill the net. But around the league, he's known a lot for the rough and tumble play, right? And it, he's a perfect mix to me. And that's where, like, I think Torpchenko is at this stage a good fourth line player. But man, I sure. The way he plays at his size, I see him as a third-line player for the Blues in some instances. So maybe a swing player, and you have to factor in uh, injuries can be in the mix. But um, I'd like to see that balance. And there's players that have gotten chances and can fill that role. You know, I mean, Jake Neighbors to me is not going to be your fourth-line guy if he comes in and makes the club. But I think you look at Dakota Jackson. Can he do that? Can he create that identity? I mean, Jackson Torpchenko, that's a pretty scary combination, you know, and there's others who are in that mix. Where's Clem Costin? Should he be higher in the lineup? Again, we're looking though from within here, guys. I do wonder if there's, there's a lot of players out there that are going to be older that can fill a fourth line role, you know, that, that can do a good job with it. So personally, I love developing from within, but I think if the blues aren't comfortable with where the development is of some of their prospects, they'll look to go outside and bring in some players that can skate, that can hit, but can also finish when needed. Mike, final question that I've got for you. We'll get you out of here on this one. If you had one, maybe it's a prediction or a belief as to what this offseason is going to look like for the Blues. What do you think it is? I think it's going to be rather quiet. And I, I don't think that they're going to be taking big swings. Uh, it, to me, it seemed like Vladdy Tarasenko was happy by the end of the year, and that's only me looking at this from the outside looking in. Um, I'm really just hoping that the trade request from last year doesn't rear its ugly head again and we get back into weird territory because I thought Tarasenko was so good for the Blues this year in a bounce-back season. I know his playoffs probably weren't what everybody hoped to, but you still remember what he did in 2019 previously, okay? Um, I I think that that looms a little bit. Um, But I think it's going to be massaging this lineup because, you know, realistically, there's an awful lot of players that are under contract. David Perron needs a deal. He's going to get a deal. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know the term versus the cap hit, all those things. He's going to get a deal. Don't you guys think? Like, I can't see a world where Perron doesn't come back. I I just can't. You know, it's too good of a fit. Um, But I think you really, by next year, start to look at O'Reilly's deal. 
that's going to be the big one for the Blues to get sewn up and make sure that gets taken care of. But they've got a year to figure that out. So um, I'm curious to see what Kyrou and Thomas are going to look like down the road, but they're sewn up for next year as well. So I think the Blues are in a good position to be able to massage their lineup without having to completely overhaul things unless those meetings look different. Sometimes end-of-the-year meetings, people decide that they need to do uh, more than you would expect, but that typically has not been Doug Armstrong's MO. So um, I'd expect some trust in the youth of the franchise, and I would also expect a little bit of work to go outside and see what could bolster what's already been developed from within. Well, Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure to be able to have you on this NHL season. Uh, we look forward to reading all of your work over at the Daily Faceoff, checking you out on Sirius XM's NHL channel as well. People can give you a follow on Twitter at Mike McKenna 56. Thanks so much for all of your time throughout the blue season. And hopefully we'll talk to you again soon, my man. I can't wait. And it's been, I tell you what, it's been a blast this year. You know, this is my first time being able to cover hockey living in St. Louis year round. And um, it's just been great to be able to reconnect with the team that I love so much as a kid. And it's been a lot of fun to cover the blues. And like everybody else listening, I sure hope that next year goes better than this year and goes a little bit further. So we have more to talk about later in the season. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, us too, Mike. And uh, again, appreciate you doing this, but also helping out on the pre and post throughout the playoffs, man. It was fun having you on the broadcast. So thanks so much, man. And enjoy the off season. Same to you guys. Appreciate it. Talk soon.